KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. So we have done a lot of podcasts on how the COVID-19 pandemic is going to, or possibly going to change things going forward in the grand scheme of things when you talk about economics, political situations, stuff like that. But I think it's safe to say that there's a very good chance that this, what we're living through right now, is going to change things on a much smaller day-to-day human level. So we wanted to kind of explore that. And to do so, we, we're going to bring you in three separate interviews, three separate episodes here, uh, discussions with three professors in different fields of study. And just kind of a lot of the same questions and stuff, but just kind of get their feel how maybe our day-to-day lives will change as a result of this moment we are all living through collectively. Our first episode here with our first guest will be Megan Pierce. She is an assistant professor of marketing at LaSalle University, and we just kind of got her thoughts on on what she could possibly see uh, changing in her, in the field that she studies or the things that she's paying attention to. So we've talked a lot with people about how this pandemic could kind of change things on the grand scale, Uh, but from a day-to-day standpoint, and I know you do a lot of, a lot of your study is in the, the world of consumers. So when it comes to you know, basic human interaction, consumers, do you think we're going to see long-term changes come out of this? Well, it's certainly uh, a bit speculative to talk about uh, anything that will happen in the long term because we just are all learning as we go here. But I think a lot of us are motivated by our habits, and I think a lot of the changes that are going to be happening are going to depend on how long the effects of this pandemic um, last in our society. Um, You know, a lot of us have been doing handshakes for a really long time. And it's hard to break out of those habits. Uh, Right now, we're in social isolation. We're not seeing people. So we don't even have the occasion to uh, offer our hands. But maybe when we get back together, that we might kind of fall back on those older habits. And um, it's certainly possible that there might be some generational differences that occur in some of the, the behaviors that, that happen. Uh, like I say, old, like I was trying to say is that um, old habits really die hard. One of the things that's interesting, I mean, now because of this, we can't go to restaurants, but a lot of people are trying, you know, doing takeout and, and drive through and stuff like that. Do you think it's possible that the, as long as this goes on, we could see kind of a, a change in the default in our society where more people are likely to go and take stuff out and bring it home as opposed to going and sit down at a restaurant? I certainly think that there's going to be a long-term um, economic impact of, uh, of the pandemic. You know, that people are just not going to have as much free capital to, to be going out to restaurants and, and um, perhaps takeout might become some form of an affordable luxury that consumers might engage more in. I think we're also going to see that because we've had a little bit of a a break from restaurants that we're going to maybe even value that experience more than we did before the pandemic. Probably a lot of us are missing that time that we had to be outside of the home 
and to engage with people in a different way that is disconnected from, from media. One of the things that's interesting is I watch a lot of documentaries and even talking to, to, to people who had parents that lived through the Depression. And you hear a lot of stories about people who say that people whose kind of formative years were formed during the Depression, who really were cognizant of how, how awful things were, even when times were good 20, 30 years later, the one thing you would hear people say is, man, my grandmom would not ever spend money she didn't have to. And it was all rooted in that fear from the Depression. It stayed with her the, the rest of her life. Do you think we could see similar things here? But maybe the thing I think of is, you know, we kind of half joke about it, but people hoarding the toilet paper and stuff like that. <laughs> but do you think we could see people who, instead of the default is, I'm not going to spend, the default is, I need to stockpile things because what if this happens again? Do you think we could see that in, in society? Could could consumer habits, not overall, but, a, you know, a... a, a a relatively large group of people that that becomes their default? We are certainly shaped by the context in which we live and the context in which we grow up. And uh, I certainly witnessed my own grandparents uh, being able to repurpose any sort of container, you know, a managed jar becomes a Tupperware container, which becomes, you know, an, 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 an art project. And I think that we're going to really see certainly some impacts of of the pandemic on, on long-term behaviors. We see some evidence of that kind of across the board when we've had uh, recessions. So for example, in 2008, uh, during the recession, there's, there was a really large shift in consumer behavior. Uh, people started shifting from more conspicuous consumption to um, products that are uh, maybe store brand or private label brand. We saw a rise in um, stores such as TJ Maxx and Burlington, you know, the off-price off retailers really surged. We also saw a, a surge in affordable luxuries like uh, manicures and pedicures because people couldn't afford the things that were uh, that they used to do that were a bit more expensive. So there, there is already a lot of evidence that um, there are large consumer shifts that occur as a result um, of the context that we that we grow up in. And I think that there's um, certainly a great possibility that we're going to see a very large shift in behavior um, based on this context that we're growing up in. Uh, another thing that ends up happening a lot of times is something called um, terror management theory or mortality salience, which, which says that, you know, as we are confronted with the possibility of death, that we start to sort of sustain or reinforce our cultural worldviews and belief systems. And so we kind of revert back to things that um, and our beliefs that feel much more comfortable. Do you think there will be a certain segment of the population that swears off group settings forever, like concerts, games, even crowded stores and just, you know what, I'm good? Um, well, it's certainly possible. I think we also have a need for social connection. And I, I think we're going to see that people might value those social connections um, a bit more and, and might be more mindful about how they engage in, in social interactions, particularly immediately following um, the pandemic. But I do think that we have this need for social belonging, social connection, and, and that we'll continue to, to gather after all this is over. From your from what you study, what are what are some other things you're curious about 
if there are changes in day-to-day life? What are some things you, you want to see how the, the habits, the rules, the ideas develop through all this? Yeah, I'm certainly interested in um, some of the generational uh, differences and how people are uh, responding to the pandemic and how people might respond after the pandemic. Um, we might see uh, younger younger folks respond differently than, than those who have been around for a bit longer and have already established habits. So I'm really interested in some of the general generational differences in, in consumer behavior that might occur as a result of this. You know, I, I think we're all a bit surprised at, um, you know, how much people are washing their hands now. It's like nobody, nobody washed their hands before this all, all happened. So um, I'm interested to see uh, the long-term effects of hygiene and hand washing uh, that occurs uh, as a result of the pandemic to see if there might be more heightened mindfulness of hand washing that occurs because we've been, um, we're, we're basically starting to form habits now. You know, we've, a lot of us have been sort of in quarantine for weeks and have been reminded over and over again to wash our hands for a full 20 seconds and to disinfect all uh, surfaces. And the, the longer that we are in this uh, social isolation and, and encouraged to do those things, the more that those things become habit. And so it'll be interesting to see um, the long-term effects um, of, of those behaviors. How about routines with work and such? Do you think uh, we see more working from home? Do you think, you know, people realize that, oh, maybe we can do this? Do you think we see, do you think there's some people that become hesitant to have face-to-face meetings uh, in a work setting and do everything possible to, to do it online? You know, um, culturally, we have a lot of pressure to work long hours. And I think that um, even at the expense of, of our own health, right? And so a lot of times people would brag about, you know, having a cold, but still kind of fighting through and, and continuing to work. So I think one thing we might see is a little bit more relaxation on, okay, if you, if you have some symptoms of a cold or the flu, just stay home. You can work from home today. I think there's going to be a little bit more relaxing um, of those kinds of restrictions. However, I think that as we're all, um, you know, meeting online, we're also realizing the value of the in-person interaction. I was um, delivering uh, uh, three classes yesterday uh, via Zoom, and it's just not the same as being face-to-face with students in the classroom. You know, there's something about an energy of being to- physically being together that's, you know, really wonderful and generates a lot of, um, you know, interest and learning that doesn't happen in the same way when you're in an online environment. So I don't think we're all going to be working from home. I also think that those of us who can work from home are, are certainly really privileged. There's a lot of people right now who just don't have that as, as an option. And so those of us who are, who are able to work from home um, are, are really lucky right now. Do you think this becomes a cultural flashpoint that we see, you know, movie, TV, advertising for a while here is all going to kind of revert one way or another in this experience we're all sharing? I think we already see evidence of that now. Um, There have been many advertisements that have already been released that are referencing the coronavirus. Um, A lot of the corporate communications that we're seeing uh, reference coronavirus and the safety measures that are being taken in order to 
protect employees and, and customers. We're also seeing that in, I'm sure in your inbox, you're seeing sales that are connected to the coronavirus. So I'm sure that there will be a lot of cultural reference points that connect back to this for years and years to come. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 